Welcome to Philanthropy Today. Our goal is to inspire giving by educating listeners on ways to give and how to connect with charitable causes. My name is Dave Lewis. I'm your host of Philanthropy Today. Thank you for joining the show. We recognize the fact that uh, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation is in approaching its 25th anniversary. And Vern Henrichs, we have a special series that we are now in episode number two and uh, visiting with uh, some of the people that uh, we consider to be the founders of the GMCF. And that's a remarkable lineup of folks. Absolutely. The, these are individuals that had the foresight and vision to do something special uh, that had not been done in this area before. And some communities were taking place or forming their community foundation, but Manhattan was just in those early stages. And Mary Veneer is with us here today. Mary was a part of that formative group of, of discussing the uh, what would a community foundation look like in Manhattan. And she was in on those early conversations. And and so, Mary, it's great to have you here and help uh, tell the story and remind us all what it, what was going on then. So, Well, thanks, Vern. Um, please know that I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning, so I'm not sure I can remember what happened 25 years ago, but I'll give it a shot. That's a collective response for all of us, <laughs> so true. we understand that. Okay, good, good. But 25 years ago, you had just come to Manhattan. I was a baby 25 years ago. I'm um, sorry. I need to rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had just moved back from Colorado Springs, um, I think in May of 1999. And and from some of the documents that Vern's pulled out of the files today, it looks like we started meeting in that the summer of 99. So um, yeah, I didn't have time to sit down before I got a call and, <laughs> and got involved. But we're grateful that you did. And over 25 years, you've seen a lot. There's been a lot of transition in Manhattan in so many different ways. And the veneer name is, uh, you know, well-documented in being very instrumental in a lot of the expansion of uh, the city of Manhattan, Kansas State University, and with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. So let's talk about, you know, some of the things that you've seen in 25 years at GMCF. Well, um, you know, those early days, we were literally trying to figure out how to um, hire an executive director and raise enough money to rent an office and have maybe an assistant and, I mean, literally pay the light bills. So um, early on, um, I you know, I think they asked me to be on the formation board for a couple reasons, uh, but outside the obvious one, the next one was my mother was very involved in the formation of the Salina Community Foundation. And so I tapped into her and asked, you know, what'd you do that really worked well and what things to stay away from? And also connected with a gentleman named Pete Peterson over yes. in Salina, who um, was definitely the driving force of that community foundation. And Pete had a lot of, of great advice for our, for our group. But one of those um, bits of advice was to gather a group of local leaders, philanthropists, and, um, you know, explain the story, explain why this is the way to go and get each of them to become quote unquote founders uh, for a certain amount of money. And and then they would understand that this was um, basically seed money to get the community foundation going so that we could hire somebody to run an office and start going out and doing some of that work that 
that was necessary because we literally started with nothing. Um, so that was, you know, that was pivotal, I think, in, in our early success. The, the other thing that was very helpful is that at that same time, the Kansas Health Foundation was promoting heavily um, the formation of community foundations throughout Kansas. And so they would have um, matches that we could apply for. And um, Vern and I were discussing this morning, I, I'm not sure if, if our founders fund uh, qualified us for an early match or not. My Again, my memory's not that mm-hmm. great, but it may very well have because mm-hmm. I know we participated in several rounds of their matching uh, program. And that that really, you know, was a shot in the arm to to kind of get us up and and for I think the community to take notice that this was a serious enterprise and it wasn't just you know kind of a fly by night um, thing. So um, so yeah, I, I you know I think we got off to a good start. We certainly had some catch up to do relative to where say Salina was, mm-hmm. but um, you know certainly the success that we see now. Uh, with the community foundation is just outstanding. And, you know, I, I have said this many times, I can remember when, if we just could get to a million dollars, we <laughs> would have thought we had yeah. hit a home run and then it was, well, if we could just get to three and, um, now you're at what, over 200, um, 300, 300. Oh, excuse <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. All right. Way to keep up with that short-term memory. <laughs> I, oh, and breakfast was, I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you've been involved in so many philanthropic efforts and organizations you know it's obvious you know what you have done with kansas state university and let's talk a bit about you know how the greater manhattan community foundation has you know if there are some comparisons that you might make or you know something that separates gmcf from a lot of the others um well i'll give you an example that that isn't necessarily related to kansas state but at this time um, my family, like many other families, had formed their own community or their own foundation. Mm-hmm. So we had the Veneer Family Foundation um, that was run out of my father's office. And so anybody that was looking for a grant, you know, stopped by or sent a letter or did this, that, or the other. And, um, you know, his um, administrative assistants kind of ran the thing and and every year each of us in the family would provide our list of things that we wanted to support and you know the admin would write the checks and write the letters and you know have to call different charities and find out their 501c3 <laughs> numbers and and then you know there's a tax filing and all all these kinds of things and so um for us community foundations were godsends because we could move those funds to an entity that had, um, you know, professional staff to do all those things for us. And all we had to do was again, provide the list and then we're out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, 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 you know, all that, uh, background work, um, on individual charities was, was vetted through the community foundation or they already had funds, um, through the foundation and it just, it just made life so much easier. And I think there were a a lot of families, um, in the Manhattan area that, that saw that same, uh, saw that same thing and said, this is a no brainer. Um, so, you know, I think that, um, I don't know if you'd agree or not, but I think that led to considerable growth in community foundations. Yes. Um, 
the other huge thing in, in my mind that led to tremendous growth was, um, and I can remember discussions about this early on, is, well, do we want to take on affiliate organizations? And mm-hmm. and that was kind of a scary thought uh, back in these early days when we were literally trying to raise money to pay the light bill. And, you know, do we, can we take that on? And, and what's, you know, what's the liability? What's the, what does that really look like? And, um, and again, you know, taking cues from, from the Salina Community Foundation and others, um, that's what really causes exponential growth in these, um, organizations. So, um, you know, we dabbled and took one, I remember, and then two, and then, uh, you know, it kind of grew and grew. And then, and then as Vern's tenure started, um, just kind of exploded. And, and I think that's, you know, a critical, um, support piece for the state of Kansas is to have these entities like the greater Manhattan community foundation that have all the expertise, have the staff, um, know what they're doing. And so, you know, smaller towns, um, that have a need and have people that desire to participate, but they can't set up their own. And so, you know, why not come and, um, and be part of, of this and have, basically an entity that knows what it's doing, do all the work. Yeah. You and your sister are both deeply involved in the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. I understand that uh, uh, Marty's going to be coming in next week uh, for the next Good. step that we are going to be uh, continuing in with our series with uh, the founders. Let's talk about the last 25 years with the, the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Things that you may look back, beings you can't consider or remember what you had for breakfast. <laughs> if if you were to say, some, uh, offer some of the things, the opportunities, the events that you are most proud of through your time as a, a founder through today that have happened with the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. Um. Well, and I've got a cheat sheet here in front of me for all our listeners. I printed off the history of the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation so that I could. That's could, not a cheat sheet. That's, that's a pamphlet. That's research. Yes, it's research. Um, well, I mean, I, I think first of all that the fact that that the folks we asked to be founders came on as founders that was that was huge. Um, you know, then meeting some of those early grants with with um, the Kansas Health Foundation, you know, that was also huge. Um, hiring our first executive director, um, and bless her heart, I think she had to move offices three or four times in <laughs> the you know the time of a, a year or two. But um, so you know, I, you know, I go back to those things just because we did start at nothing mm-hmm. and and grew into something. Um, but you know, as, as I look over the entire 25 years, um, things that stick out to me are grow green match day. I think that's tremendous and, you know, can't thank Phil Howe and the Howe family enough for, for what they provide to the community, because that's, that's really a tremendous, tremendous program. And, um, and you know, now, I mean, we used to have, I think it's on here back in 2000 or 2001, we had our first kind of celebratory lunch um, for some of our grantors and grantees. And shoot, Vern's turned that into a um, <laughs> awards extravaganza down at the uh, downtown. And, and you know, it's, it's a great way. I mean, I love coming to it not only to 
to see a lot of people and, and reconnect with people, but I always learn something, um, at those events, uh, the annual, the annual meeting, um, you know, the videos about organizations that are up for an award or whatnot, you know, some of them, honestly, I hadn't heard of. And so I learn a lot about the community and about, um, what others are doing for the community. And it's, and it's led me to, um, you know, make some gifts to those entities that I probably wouldn't have before because I just didn't know that much about them. So, um, you know, I, I could not be more proud and, and happy with, with the progress that the community foundation has made. And I know that, um, it's going to continue. Um, you know, I guess one more thing would be, would be the youth. Um, mm. and, um, I, I still have an issue with the acronym YIC. Um, I did at the, at the meeting when that was decided and I was YIC. Um, okay. But anyway, that's lasted and that's and different than ick. It is just with the Y, but yes. yeah. Um, but you know, that's a great program. And then also the young trustees, I think is a phenomenal program right. because that is, and for our listeners, that's youth impacting communities. So. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, and the young trustees are what's the age? Uh, well, we we softly set it at forty. So uh, you know, there's okay. a little bit of uh, infringement on on the upper end of that as they go through there. I but, don't qualify uh, for that anymore. Either, <laughs> no, Dave. no, you none of us either. do. Yeah, none of us do. Well, and you mentioned Pete Peterson. I mean, uh, Pete. Peterson most definitely was a professional advisor in the, in the Salina area, and, and he was really um, a driving force of uh, consultation for a lot of community foundation involvement, and and he believed in a lot of things. And you know, even when I came here in 2013, there was these eight steps as to why to start a community foundation versus a private foundation or other foundation, and and certainly, uh, and we had Pete come over at that time and talk about things, and certainly a kind of a godfather of community foundations yes. in the Midwest here, I think. So indeed, he's a great guy. You know, there are so many stories that we can tell over the years. You know, you talk about uh, you know the things that uh, you learn just at the community foundation awards, the CFAs, and I think that that's one of the things. You know, there's there's vision, but there's also education, and you know the two are are very separate. But you know, it it just seems like every time we have you know whether it's on a podcast or our radio show, uh, the newsletters, whatever we do on the website, mm -hmm. social media, mm -hmm. there is always an educational aspect. To the things that are done here at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation, um, we talked a little bit about the addition of the affiliates program, partners, uh, you know, those mm -hmm. different things. We have some, what, 20 communities? Yeah, we. Uh, when I came in 2013, we had two. Uh, it was a Dover and the Frankfurt communities, mm -hmm. and largely they get... I think they were started because of a, a family member had made a gift to the community. And, and there was that question, do we start a family foundation or do we do something? Right. And, and they were being advised by an accountant in the community. And so the idea of, well, let's start this affiliate program. And, and I know when I began, be, started with the community foundation here, it was a question, okay, are we in it or are we not? So if we're in it, we're in it. And we've never really, tried to go out and recruit communities, but we've just been there for them. And then, yeah, like you said, uh, Omigo asked, Marysville asked, and then they just kind of, kind of stormed in that whole process. So I think that there's so much here, uh, you know, to, to look into there's, there's core values and principles that, that are established here. And 
those translate, I think, into all the nonprofits. I think that they are accepted by those like you that uh, are very generous uh, through their philanthropy to to see a better community. What are some of those values that you appreciate that you see here at the GMCF? Well, I, you know, I feel like I feel like the work that Vern and, and his staff have done. I mean, they're very inclusive. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I see the community foundation just kind of weaving a web out through all the community and, um, and really leading in some areas, um, that I think are exciting for the future. Um, you know, with, with, um, even issues, uh, in the community, like perhaps housing and, and, and um you, you know, know child care child is care one. Yeah. yes and you know these are big problems and um we need to figure them out and i think it's going to take the private slash philanthropic community to play a huge role in figuring those mm-hmm. things out because clearly nobody else is and so um so yeah i think the you know i think the the values of we want to make our community better. It's, I mean, it's just that simple. And, um, so, you know, they, they've, they've done it through, um, working specifically with established charities and then also looking ahead to the future and some very critical issues within our community that, you know, you kind of step back and say, well, how could philanthropy, uh, best assist in this challenge? You know, can it, and if it can, how? And so, um, you know, I think that's really exciting mm. for the future. And, and um, Well, if you look through these notes and minutes of those early meetings and, and you made the comment, how do we make our community better? I mean, clearly that was the perspective, the underlying theme for this. You know, how do we, how do we use a community foundation to benefit this community and the needs of the community and, and the, the joy of you all that had the ability to participate in this and see the vision of a, of a community effort working together. I mean, I think that's kind of the neat thing. You got individuals, uh, uh, businesses, um, private foundations that kind of came together to create this community foundation with nobody worried about, hey, what's in it for me? It was about what's best for the community. And reading through these notes and the history of this, and that's pretty cool. And I, and I guess personally for you, uh, I hope, Mary, you can really um, appreciate uh, and under the, the, what you started, what you were part of starting for the Community Foundation and the difference that's being made today wouldn't have happened if, if you all hadn't come around the table and then said, hey, let's do it. And, and I appreciate your knowing your mother. I appreciate the inspiration your mother gave you along those lines and, and the knowledge from Salina. But um yeah, the, the, the gifts that are being made today are certainly a testament of what you guys got started. And uh, I thank you for that. So, well, that, you know, and, and I would thank you. I didn't realize that it was just two affiliates up to 2013. So um, congratulations on <laughs> the um, tremendous growth that you've uh, led here at the Community Foundation as well, because um, it takes all of us. And it, you know, clearly looking at these documents, it took a lot of us um at that point, 25 years ago to get things started. And, and it's, you know, it's nice to, to be around to see, um, 
the fruits of that that effort. So every family has traditions, and the Veneer family tradition is giving back. There's a lot of vision that's involved with everything that the Veneer family sets their eyes on, puts their hearts into, and you have made this community, you, your sister, your parents, you have improved it tremendously. And this is a community that's very grateful and uh, we thank you very much. Well, thanks, Dave. Um, my my brother has a saying that he has um, used several times that I think might kind of give you an idea of, of, of how we think about it. And that is, um, you can't guarantee success in this life for anyone, but you can help guarantee opportunity. And so I think, um, you know, for me, that's something I always keep in mind as we're looking at philanthropic uh, projects or gifts is, you know, how can this, I may not solve this problem, but how can I at least provide an opportunity for someone or something to um, address this issue and, and make it better. So, um, you know, we're, we're very, very proud of, of what's happened here in Manhattan with the Greater Community Foundation um, and, you know, look forward to, to many, many, many um, bright years ahead. So appreciate the opportunity to talk to you today. It's been a delight to have you on. Thanks for being with us, Mary. You bet. Thank you for joining us for Philanthropy Today, an inside look at the Greater Manhattan Community Foundation. You can always learn more about the GMCF at our website, mcfks.org. We also invite you to subscribe to Philanthropy Today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dave Lewis. I'm proud to host Philanthropy Today. It's hosted and produced in the Ad Astra Cast Studios in downtown Manhattan, Kansas.